0: Hello and
1: welcome back to the Pit Stop Podcast. I am Jordan Tyler coltman I am joined by Tyler Walzek. Tyler, last year, you and I met at about this same time of the year, and we talked about what had pretty much been the most exciting race of the 2022 season. We are now in the 2023 season. We return to Silverstone. It is always a gem in the Formula One crown. It is one of the most famous, most iconic, arguably most uh, exciting tracks in Formula One certainly one of the biggest races of the year for a lot of the teams because they're based in great britain they're based near silverstone some of them are based at silverstone if you're aston martin lots of british talent out there three big drivers i was excited going into the weekend and i don't think it disappointed how about you
2: oh great we had everything you could want in a weekend qualifying in the rain and then a race that had I don't know if we could say that this had high event racing or if it was just from start to finish close race like closer and different names at the top than we've talked about all season. Yeah, um, let's which jump made into this that. Really what it was.
1: let's jump right into that. That's where we should start, because obviously the massive McLaren upgrades make a huge difference here. So McLaren brings a, a big package. Lots of teams brought some upgrades. This is one of those tracks they like to do that on because it's close. You don't have to ship parts all over the world. It's easy to do. You're close to the factory. But McLaren has really been struggling to start the year. We're slowly starting to see them gain. And obviously we saw a big jump for Lando Norris a week ago, and we talked about that, that he had the upgrades, Piastri didn't. They upgraded both cars for this weekend, and they were fucking fast.
2: Right from the get-go. So we can even start this conversation with qualifying um, because we kind of do like to go through the whole progression of the weekend, but this qualifying was was all about McLaren. Yeah. All about McLaren the entire time. It was, I don't think I've heard a bigger roar For a car or a driver, than at the end of Q3, when Lando Norris came across and got provisional pole, right before obviously Verstappen came by behind him. But that was loud. That was one of the louder roars I've ever heard um, at a a racetrack. And I know they've been trying to emphasize that a little bit more over the past three years, but that was, and I think it might have been because I also wanted it to be Norris and like just that storyline of being in. Great Britain and him being from there, being able to be on provisional pole, take it away from Max, who's been there for like five years in a row, it seems now. Um mm-hmm. off, that was an awesome moment. Um, which was a a probably the best moment of a very exciting
1: qualifying. Yeah. Lots going on. As you said, it was in the rain, which is always interesting. We had some different strategies and that wasn't like torrential rain. So right. there were some, you know, there's some teams making choices on whether they stuck with the slicks. They pushed through the, just try to get that first lap in all those kind of pieces of the puzzle. Uh, and it was exciting to see. We had some, it, it was one of those qualifyings where like you saw some people you didn't expect to be at the top. And then all of a sudden the tires came in and the track came in and, and everybody started sliding. Yeah qualifying again for Perez who gets caught out again without being able to get a proper lap in track limits were a little bit of a factor here for a couple of te- guys losing some of their lap times. But the biggest thing was, it was like you had to time everything right. Cause it's a long track. You have to get out for that last stint at the right time. There was a moment there near the end where it looked like either Hamilton Max or Gasly weren't even going to get all the way around. Uh, mm-hmm. I think in Quali one. Uh, and Max have to actually qualifying to this, right? And actually overtook Hamilton to make sure that he was there. Now it turned out they all got there, but they, you know, it was right right yeah. at that limit. And that's where we get when, a, when you have one of these tricky tracks where you got a long pit lane and you got, you know, trying to wait to the last possible second to get that optimal condition for the track so that's one of the fun things about silverstone is you get that extra little bit of you know qualifying drama and strategy and in some cases it worked out really well and obviously in some cases it did not yeah
2: and let's talk about perez for a second because we don't talk about max on this show for obvious reasons because the entire world talks about him but perez was the first one out in qualifying Mm -hmm. one after the red flag when there was like two minutes Mm -hmm. and 15 seconds left he was at the front of pit lane waiting for it to start again got out there, first person across the line on his flying lap, and he he, he hit provisional pole and then just fell from there on. And it was, this is his fifth racetrack in a row where he has not made it to qualifying three. And Max has been pole on all of those. That is not good for Sergio Perez. He made up for it in the race, which he always does, but still, like, you start second, you probably finish second.
1: Well, then let's, and we'll, and we'll talk about that in a second when we get to the actual race, because it would have been a very different story had. And, and several of these races previously, like obviously max hasn't had any issues um, for the, like he's managed to keep the car on the road through most of the starts through all the starts. Obviously he's been fine, but having a second guy there is what red bull wants because it gives, it takes any possible uh, jeopardy off of max and there should be no issue. And obviously, you know, I mean let's talk about the start of this race because the when we when we finally get to the actual race itself we do for the very first time see Max make a mistake in the, for this for the season it's the biggest mistake he'd made so far he was slow off the start now to be fair he's been slow back all year. And look he's not a great starting guy he's no. not quick off the line but obviously he's got enough car underneath him that that's okay but this is the first time we l- literally saw him just completely miss the beat didn't get off the line clean. Lando had a phenomenal start. He's in a very fast race car in a straight line. That thing was probably the fastest car out there this weekend. And he and Piastri got the jump on Max. I almost thought Piastri was going to be right there with him. I oh, thought we might so have two exciting. McLaren's there. They're going around the corner. And for a split second, too, I had flashbacks to 2020 uh, at, at Cops and at Beckett's because I thought uh, Max and Piastri were going to make contact. And that was like, yeah. wow, are we going to lose Max for Verstappen this quickly? Uh, just the same way we did previously. I'm sure he was clenching, too, because he He's probably got that flashing back through his mind. But Norris led a Grand Prix for the first time. He was out there for an entire lap. He was out there for, I think, two laps. Four, there you four, go, four laps, laps he led. And it felt like two because it's such a long track. I'm sure yeah. he the whole time is just feeling Max down his neck. But great for him. Great start. Absolutely perfect for McLaren.
2: And I have to say, I do have to give props to Piastri for he was trying to pass Max oh, yeah. those that first lap as hard as possible. While also defending, I think it was Leclerc that was behind him. Yeah, Leclerc was behind him, so he had to make sure that Leclerc he didn't make mistakes so that Leclerc could pass him. But also, he was going at Max, and he didn't hit Max because you know what the storyline would have been. Oh yeah, if he hit Max, it would have been rookie driver takes out Max Verstappen. That is the only reason Lando Norris would have won the race. So well,
1: and 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 give Oscar credit because we were hard 100%. on. We've been hard on. Oscar a little bit, but this was like his, like, welcome to formula one moment. This was like, now he's driving a, a top level vehicle and he drove it as well as his teammate for most, like, I mean, he wasn't catching Hamilton, but he put that car yeah. exactly where he needed to. He fought off Russell. He had a great race. The, you know, the team did a great job in the pits, but Oscar drove the best race we've seen so far from him in formula one. Obviously it helps when the car is good, but even still, you know, to be able to drive almost as well as your teammate all weekend long when your teammates, what in his like fifth season, like much more experienced guy in the other car. And you you didn't look out of place. You know what I mean? For the first time this season, he looked like he belonged in Formula One. And that's what we've all been expecting out of him. He was this wonderkin coming in. Everyone wanted him. Everybody wanted to see what he had. And now we're finally like, oh, look, he, he's, he's confident. He's capable. He can do things with that car. And if this car continues to be fast for them and push for them, you know, we can look for him to start to be the one to push his teammate. That'd be awesome. It, it, the, the
2: only flaw with Piastri this weekend was he got... He pitted a lap too early.
1: Yeah. Because that's then you on, got that's the virtual on the safety car.
2: Exactly. But it's that also was and, a, and a lock, fluke yeah. thing. Like lock, he yeah, he sure. came in, they were pitting, everyone was trying to go through the pits. And then I think it was Magnuson's engine blew. Um, yeah. Just gave up. Yeah. Magnuson's engine gave up and it was like okay, so now the virtual safety car comes out and that is when everyone else kind of in the top five was able to change their tires. He just ended up going in a little bit too early. That is the only reason that Piastri is not on, on the podium, podium. this yeah. weekend, which I don't know how I feel about it because it was nice to have Hamilton in his home track on the podium. But at the same time, like what a story it would have been for Piastri and Norris and McLaren to all be on the podium Um after the upgrades being like hey this is we finally did it we got to where we thought we'd be so i
1: wanted to talk f- about that virtual safety car and into the safety car moment because it was kind of a weird thing where like we we earlier in the year we were pretty critical of some of the decisions that that the marshals or the the uh race directors are making in terms of like when it was a virtual safety car and when it wasn't this is one of those awkward ones where like again we kind of got a hint of indecision it's like they went virtual safety car for like a lap but again this is such a long trek that a lap is a long time and then they decide to go full safety car that allows the top three who hadn't yet pitted because of where they were on the track to still also get a free pit stop out of it and they ended up doing that we'll talk about the tire selection because it was interesting to see that the mclarens went the other way uh, interesting is your word interesting is your word But the question I have is, like, does this not, again, kind of reek of, like, indecision and just sort of, like, odds? Like, it didn't end up mattering necessarily, but it's like, why didn't they just go right to the safety car? If they knew they were going to have to get Marshalls out there on the the track to move that car. It's like, either make a decision or don't.
2: I I agree with you. And I actually thought that we were going to get a red flag.
1: Only because in qualifying
2: one on Saturday, Magnuson uh, blew his engine and parked on the, the track. And they had to throw a red flag. Obviously, different scenarios oh, because the there's no virtual there safety that, cars. It's a, there's no but safety the cars. There's it's
1: time. It's time for sure. That's but, the big thing. They want to stop the clock so that it it's fair in qualifying. Yeah, I get Whereas that. here, it's like they don't care. Run the run, run around. They're not going to. Max is still going to win.
2: I get that. But if he was in a uh, let's say skinnier part of the track where yes, they had to put the You're lifting right. mechanism truck You're right. onto the actual racetrack. We could have got a red flag. Unless you're in Suzuka
1: and, last year and, and we almost had gas yeah. to the sun.
2: Like Monaco, that probably would have been a red flag. Um, yeah, probably. You're right. So so I, I was kind of like, oh, shit. I, I, yes, you are right. They should have called a safety car, immediate, a full safety car immediately, because I thought it was going to be a red flag just based off of what happened earlier. But I was like, oh, there's obviously other things that are to come from it. But it did make for a fantastic finish.
1: Yeah and it, it's always fun when they when when you get a safety car in a race like that because once it starts to stretch out you know we let Max run away it's like no there was a second opportunity there for some stuff it it really did also feed really nicely into the Hamilton Norris fight which for me was one of the most exciting parts of this race right like again Max is off there with 6 seconds ahead or whatever I don't think it was that far this time but the point was it was like we knew we were looking at a fight for second I didn't Norris wasn't going to catch Max unless Max had a mechanical issue He
2: by the only won by 3.7 seconds again, just under four the seconds. safety car definitely makes a
1: big difference on that. Right. 100%, yeah. But the Hamilton Norris fight is interesting. Cause of course we've, we've seen a couple times so far. Well, even in the past seasons, these two guys are always good entertainment when they get close to each other. They're very like, I think they're complementary for each other's styles when it comes to a dog fight, when they're in equal hardware, like Norris is a very good defensive driver with Hamilton behind him. And Hamilton, of course, you know, one of the greatest of all time puts up a really good fight here. Norris just excellent defense, like perfectly placed the car, knew exactly where it needed to be. I think he had, he, he also was, you know, assisted by the fact that he had the faster car in a straight line. So it made it very difficult for Hamilton to sort of close that gap going into the DRS um, sections of the track. But, you know, it was a fight that was exciting to watch the whole way through. And then it was also aided by this tire, uh offset so you don't feel like it was as interesting a call like I think it's I think no I think, I McLaren... think it was
2: all borderline controversial
1: yeah and it's... I I guess what I'm trying to say is I think that we are not giving I think a lot of people because I agree with you a lot of people thought it was very questionable for McLaren to go to the hard tire when you knew you were going in behind a safety car and would be in like a dogfight right with but, like 12 laps left okay but here's the thing they knew all weekend long how well their car was handling the hard tire. They knew it was the optimal tire for their car if they could get it up to temperature. And I believe they trusted that their driver because they wanted it at the end of the race. They, if they hadn't had the safety car, they would have gone one they would have gone with a one-stopper, put on the hard and gone the rest of the way with it anyway. That was always the plan. I think they looked at when the safety car came out, which is what like at the 30. 30 lap mark uh, or something? Thir- the safety car
2: was out from 34 to 39
1: yeah so they looked at it and they went we've only got about seven you know 17 to 20 laps left at that point right it's a 57 lap, 52 52, 52 laps. laps okay so 52 laps from whatever you said there uh just 34 to 40. 39 yeah so like we're talking less than 15 laps really yeah
2: so if your car was that good on the medium but why they did not put on a set of mediums? because
1: they'd already seen two things i think i they'd think they have to go medium Russell.
2: to something else right is that part yeah, of this yeah, track? You have yeah, to yeah, medium yeah. and then something And else. I think
1: they would have gone medium hard anyway. I think that was what they already plan was. And here's why. They ran the softs in practice one, and it was the slowest session they had all weekend. When they were running the hards in practice, they knew they had it. The way that car set up, the way that the downforce on that car is set up right now, it seems to really like having a little bit more tire underneath it. It did not run well on the softs. They had lots of issues with the softs. And if you watch back to Russell started the race on the soft and immediately like se- seven, laps in knew he was in trouble. Mm-hmm. And if you, it, before, you know, they always, Pirelli always gives like what its recommendations are based on conditions and what the track is, what they think they were only saying that that tire was good for like 10 laps. Mm-hmm. That's what they estimated anyway. So at that point you're looking at the softs and most teams are like, doesn't matter. We've only got 12 laps left. We'll get to the end of the race. No problem we'll get the little bit of advantage of the speed of it. I think McLaren looked at it and said, we're faster on the hard tire if we can get it up to temperature because it just, it, it suits what our package is. They made a bold, but very, I think, well thought out choice that the rest of the world looks at, to be fair, like without all of the, the information that they had yeah. and looks at it and thinks, well, that's a bold choice. I don't think it was as bold as it looked uh, on the surface. I thought
2: they it worked. I was like, if they, if I was so nervous, but I also think it made for a better race as just like, a fan that doesn't have, like, I'm not, li- I'm not watching each driver. I'm not watching. I'm not listening yeah. to just a certain headset, just watching the general sky uh, broadcast. And I was like, why, why would you go to hards with 11 laps left? like I just don't get it. It's going to take three laps to warm up, but you're right. Like I was wrong. Everybody else that thought that was wrong because and they it took three laps. Got it right.
1: But then it was perfect. Then perfect. He pulled it pulled away,
2: pulled away. Like, and it was crazy. Boom. Gone. But there was those three laps. Yeah. You just had to survive in Hamilton and Norris where it was like, and fuck, did he survive so well? Like that yeah. was exciting. Was totally. it, I'm trying to think of what race it was last year that Hamilton said, man, that Norris kid is so good.
1: Yeah. I remember that too. I don't remember what race it was, but I do remember that moment. That's what I was trying to reference earlier. When we've had these guys come together, they have given yeah. us some good drama. And he, and Hamilton also said, uh and and this isn't our radio call for the week this year but it was a good for this race but it was a good radio call too he was like that thing is a rocket ship like Both in a straight them. line he, russell he, he, and
2: hamilton said that they I, were like two different is, times well
1: yeah sure they were staring at the back of him all day yeah <laughs> but it's like it was crazy and i don't know if two of you saw in the cool down room uh before the podium too he came out and he made a joke to it at one point to norris he's like do you know how how much fun it was to just watch you drive today and Norris is like what he's like that car looked so good out there yeah and it's like that is two things one such an experienced driver he's actually just enjoying the quality of racing in front of him enjoying how that machine is performing while he's trying to chase him down and then two it's also like that's a huge amount of respect from a seven-time world champion to just be like you guys hooked it up like that looked really good
2: eight-time cool. world champion eight-time world champion yes you're
1: right did you catch that I did. This race. <laughs> Hannah Wad- Waddingsworth or Waddington? The, yeah, the, from yeah. Um, uh, Ted, Lasso. Ted Lasso. That yeah. was pretty great. Good. There, awesome. That was awesome. Good for her. There was some good. There was some good uh, Martin Brundle interactions on the uh, grid walk. There. I mean, the other one, obviously, we had the the Hollywood has arrived at Formula One because we've got the Brad Pitt movie being shot. Yeah. And there's a bunch of celebrities in the crowd. Shakira apparently has like a season's pass. She's at every she, race. Her and her and she Lewis and Louis are Lewis, close. best friends.
2: And then, uh, yeah, I think you're, you're talking about the Kara Delavine
1: thing. Yeah. And we've had some awkward Martin Brundle interactions. If we recall Miami a year ago when he mixed up the, the Williams sisters and then I think he also mixed up an athlete thought it was Patrick Mahomes, but it was yeah, a basketball Banco, player.
2: Uh, um, uh, the basketball player for the, the Orlando Magic.
1: Right. The draft pick. um, um Banker wow. Jim Curie or something. I can't even think of his name, Um, but I know who you mean and he thought he was talking to Patrick Mahomes the whole time. It's just yeah. like, oh, this is, but yeah. And then if you had not seen it, I mean, Martin Brundle Tried to get an interview with this. I, what's her name? I. am not a
2: Cara Delevingne. She's yes, actress sir. model.
1: Yeah, yeah. Tried to get an interview with her, and and first her security was like no, and then he finally got the mic in front of her, and she said no, and then he goes, wow, it wouldn't have been an interesting conversation anyway. He walked away.
2: Yeah. So, okay. Did you know that recently? I don't know how many years ago, but if you were if you were a celebrity that you were in, you're gonna walk the pit or the grid. You are not allowed to have security with you because you. That essentially makes it so that you have to talk to Martin Brundle if he comes up to you. So F1 basically made the Martin Brundle rule, where that's you, amazing. if you're a celebrity, you cannot have someone there saying no, you cannot talk to him because that's their whole pregame show is Martin yeah. Brundle going around, wandering around, trying to find stuff, out who every, trying to figure out who people are. Yeah. So like, and she. I don't, we don't, everyone is kind of trying to figure out who the hell the guy was that said, don't do this, don't do this. That's so funny. Because he, Martin Reynolds said, well, no, you have to. This is my yeah. show. This is my grid. So this,
1: this is, is what I wondered. Area. This is what I wondered. Is she in the Brad Pitt movie? Like, was that somebody from production?
2: No, I think she just. She's just. Well, she's so just we don't know. Guest. I don't. I can't. say I guess it, that's what it. I'm saying.
1: Because that's the only other reason someone would have been with her. Like, if they were shooting something, like, because they were doing a whole bunch of like. It's true. Yeah. Like, they're just shooting, shooting stuff. Th- that would throughout make it. Sense. Like they they when you, obviously you probably saw like the Brad Pitt and that other actor out there for like the the drivers and they everybody's in this movie apparently like yeah like this it, it'll be fascinating to see how it how they end up doing it but they're definitely shooting it kind of like gorilla style here on the grid and. Yeah. And obviously with the formation laps and all of the warm up, like it's just very strange to have it all happening there. I mean, we'll see how it goes. The other races that are there. Um, Toto Wolf came out and said, this is great evidence though, that we're not ready for a, an 11th team. There's way too many people in here. I'm like, yeah, I think there's probably a lot more people for the production of this film than would be on a normal team. But fair, fair point. Fair point. For sure. Um, OK, can we get
2: back to the race? Because I guess. Yes, some beef. yes, yes. All right.
1: Th- let's get to the race. Where's w- do you want to start? Where's your beef? I think you know where my beef is. Well, I uh, maybe. I
2: think everybody listening knows where my beef is, and they're waiting for me to bring it up. Let's <sighs> fucking stroll. What are you doing? If you drive off a, off the track on a turn, you don't just come in and body check somebody else that's on the grid. That is insane behavior. For a Formula One driver that's okay, been okay. in the game for like three not, years now, not, he not was just way anybody. off, and he not came just back anybody. on
1: anybody. He didn't just come in and body. He check took out Pierre Gasly, who uh,
2: was just was just got took back out in for the a point. nice
1: Sunday drive. Do minding his own business, just minding, his own business, just minding I, his own business.
2: I can't tell you how livid I was when like Gasly just got past Signs, and then Signs took back that spot. But it was Gasly was going to fight for it over the next like. Five, seven laps to get that spot back and lance stroll who doesn't even deserve to be in a car comes and just boom hits him off takes away his rear suspension and he's done for the race takes out both alpines or not takes out the one alpine the other alpine was already gone because of uh, um, mechanical problems mechanical failure yeah but Gasly was Hey, listen. It might not have been the best weekend for him, but he was going to be in the points. He was going to be above the Ferrari. He was fighting the Ferraris, and Lance Stroll, who should like ah, uh, I that's us have was, it. And, Let me have but it. But the five second penalty doesn't uh, doesn't help Gasly at all.
0: No. So uh, it
2: was just so frustrating. I know. I know to watch that happen. I don't, and I don't know what the what you're supposed to do about it. But I would be because Gasly was fighting Alonso for a majority of this race. For what? Where did Alonzo finish seventh? Gasly was fighting Alonzo for a lot of this race, and then he he also pitted before. Or no, he got a good pit. Um, but, I, I, yeah. I'm so I'm like I definitely
1: thought of you in that moment. I thought I bet Tyler's not a happy camper right now because that was happy, a, it was it's, standing it's, it's, on the
2: couch, I'm throwing like,
1: things at walls. I'm like, are you kidding me, Lance Stroll? What the hell? Can't, there you go? You can't do that. Yeah, not a, not a good not not a great day for the Aston Martins in general when they're watching no. when they're watching the only real rival they have this season. Mercedes have a great race and now Mercedes has a new combatant out there with the McLaren like it yeah. was a completely different bad
2: weekend for them. Bad, bad weekend for like them. if if McLaren keeps this pace up, they're going to pass. They're, gonna, they're, they're definitely in the fight.
1: They've done a great job of holding on until those upgrades have come along and now they're, they're in a great place to, to take advantage of it. If they can... Now, this those upgrades are not going to work for them at every circuit. Like That's the yep. kind of thing we saw last year with Mercedes too. Like Some circuits, when you're upgrading, you still may have a fundamental flaw in your car. And the fundamental flaw is very simple. You didn't hire Adrian Newey 25 years ago and so you don't have... Uh, a red bull. And if without that, every car is chasing, that's just how it's built. Now let's talk about a team though, that did have a good weekend and, and a, a, frankly, a great weekend by their standards. Williams had a very good weekend um, in terms of, again, yeah. some upgrades that started to, to, to come in and, 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 and started to just see some progress. You know what I mean? James Viles has a big task to get this team back up to where it was once, you know, competing for championships. I think we're a long way off that, but they'd like to get into the fight in the mid midfield. And they had a great, a great weekend. You know what I mean? Another and, oh, and, and to be fair building, because Sargent had a good weekend last weekend too, for them. We've been talking about how great Alex Albon's been. Like they are positioned to be a, a team that's going to, if they haven't already sort of established themselves ahead of the Haas and the Alfa Romeo, they're right on the doorstep of just leaving those two teams behind them. And the well, Alfa Tories, frankly, like they're be leave- ahead of them. And what I mean, but but they're ready to just sort of like stream off into the distance and just leave them behind, I think, as they continue to develop.
2: Yeah, well, the, I mean, everyone says it, too. It's like the, the that car in a straight line is very, very fast. Yeah. And I have to say that Alex Albon is completely picked up the slack that would have been left over with George Russell going to Mercedes. I think he has to get that Red Bull thing off his helmet because he should dive in dive into this Mercedes aspect of what Williams could offer him because he is fantastic right now um but man, like he
1: you don't think there's a red Bull seat that may come open well we'll get to
2: that in a little bit later today
1: <laughs> uh but no he's having a great he's having a great second half of the season so far you know what I mean yeah. like like yet I mean they have third consecutive also, qualifying how three. good did that car look? Like That is the livery they should be running with. I think with that Union Jack on the back, that car looked beautiful. Also, the McLaren, that chrome finish. Well, you can't take it off now, right? You just
2: got your best best finish. I think they got 30 points this weekend. And the constructors, that's more points than they had
1: all year. Fantastic. Fantastic. Very, very good. Um, Rest of the field, any other sort of notable things you want to touch on before we jump to a couple fun things?
2: Um, the Ferrari's disappointing oh, weekend for them. Um, you like they started off strong with qualifying, like they didn't have their best qualifying, but I mean, four five and then to yeah. finish where they did is that totally is not and what Ferrari it, nine. It and was 10. a huge step back. And then they probably would have lost that 10th spot to
1: guys. Well, and they were also looking, I mean, they look a lot like the Aston Martin where they're looking up the grid going, the guys we're supposed to be fighting here are having a great day. And we're stuck back here making again, mistakes and just not driving well, which is frustrating. You know, the bad pit strategy and it just didn't work. Like nothing seemed to work for them. Just bad, bad luck. And we haven't. Okay. So we talked about the Norris and Hamilton fight. Like let's just talk about Lewis Hamilton for a second. Lewis Hamilton always has a lot of pressure on him when he comes to this race. Obviously, mm-hmm. he's the greatest British driver of all time, right? It would be the same thing when Schumacher drove in Germany. It was the same, you know, like your, your home Grand Prix. It's fine for Norris. It's fine for Russell. It's very, I'm sure it's very exciting. And it's a different thing when you are the goat of your nation in, in the sport. Like, it's a different thing. And lots of pressure on him to make sure that everything's there. And he doesn't have a great qualifying, fl- you know, but he he does okay. They're in it. He drops all the way to eighth off the start. He goes wide trying to avoid contact. And it's like, oh, man, it's just everything's going wrong for this guy. Head down, drives like he has driven at the circuit a thousand times before, gets the most out of that car, drove that car exceptionally well, came up against just a better car today in the McLaren, but really did everything he possibly could have. And they were just like Lando. They're one max mistake or one Red Bull failure away from being right there in a two, two dog race to be there. And he, he probably should have been like three or four years ago, Lewis would have passed Norris. He would have found a way to do it. Right. He just didn't have that today. He just didn't have that one move. And I'm sure he knew if he didn't do it right after the restart, it wasn't going to happen because he knew if those hard tires got in and, then and give Lando full credit, he beat him today. You know what I mean? It was a good, it was a good response by the McLaren, but. I think it was one of Lewis's better outings than we've seen in a while. And he just felt he feels like he's confident. He still hates this car.
2: They and, they all do. They all say that this car is not yeah. fun to drive. It's not, it doesn't look good. It doesn't sound good. Um but he's making but hey like they're, they're still getting results from it. It might not be the results that we had two years ago, but I no. mean right now they're Mercedes in second in the constructors. Um twenty odd uh, twenty-two points ahead of Aston Martin. It's there I know that they want to be where Red Bull is, but no, it's not going to happen. It's going to happen this year. Um no, you, so you, you have, have to you kind just, of
1: accept your fate. Yeah,
2: accept, where you are, accept where you are. And so it's, it's good that they're still getting these out of there. I know it's frustrating for them and um it's going to be frustrating for the rest of the year, but all you can do is make improvements until you, you catch up.
1: Okay. So. I, I I haven't told you this yet, but I have a very, I, very I'm waiting
2: for it. I've been waiting to you know see is? It in our okay. notes here, and I'm waiting for so this, this is thing.
1: my hot max for step and take because we don't ever ah. talk about Max, but here's why because he has dominated. He, I think it's five races now in a row. He's won. Red Bull has won every race this season. Like it's it's that the, they're clearly in a different vehicle. It's almost like they're in a different class of racing at this point, right? Everybody's just trying to hold on to them, let alone try to catch them obviously Perez is not doing as well, but that speaks to the fact that Max has been at the top of the sport now for a few years. He's the, you know, he's won a world championship fair and square. He was given one before that, but he was tied for points going to the last race because he drove well that season. You cannot take that away from him. Um, And he's going to be the three-time world champion now at the end of this on paper. Yeah. So here's, and he has also spoken a lot recently about how like he doesn't see himself doing this for the next 15 years like he's been pretty vocal that he he expects to be one of those drivers who's like I have other things I'd like to do in motorsport like I will be okay walking away from this as a young man uh, those are his words probably by the time he's 30 or something he's also been driving Formula 1 since he was like 17 years old like yeah. he's, he's not fresh and new here like he's, he's worked hard he's done well he's won some championships why don't max and red bull just make a deal with the formula one guys who accept that mathematically he's already won this championship like no one's really going to catch him why don't we just say you're the world champ for 2023 pack it up go home have a great summer we're okay giving you the trophy just for the good of the sport let some other guys make it entertaining You know what I mean? Just give it to them. Like it's like the mercy rule in it. When you used to play like basketball outside, when you were in like grade seven and the grade nines were out there and you were like, they're beating you by like 85 points. You just call mercy or, you you know, house league hockey. And as soon as a team hits 10 points, it's like, eh, let's go home. Mercy rule, Red Bull, you can save the cost of the second car. You can't spend it, but you can save the cost. No extra worry about damage or any of that kind of stuff. He saves a year of his career because we know he doesn't want to race for that long. Go sit on your yacht in Monaco and watch the rest of the year and have some other guys stand at the top of the podium as everybody else fights it out for second place for the good of the sport. I don't know if that would help the sport, to be honest, because
2: everybody wants half the people that watch f1 are max fans i know it's tough for me to believe too because he's such an idiot they can have a summer them. off too worse. but i don't know if it's good for the sport what i would say is if you want to go somewhere in terms of like a mercy rule start at the back of the race man <laughs> go to qualify qualify get your p1 like and qualify that. and qualify and then you can even be a dick about it you can even say you know what ah, fuck it i'm gonna go to the back just let me start at the back. I don't care. I'm going to start at the back or start in the pit. See where you can finish at at this point because that's the only way I don't know about no, you. He's but still I completely, winning every race. <laughs> I got in a conversation with somebody this weekend when I was watching qualifying and they're like, oh, so who do you think is going to win this weekend? And I was like, well, wow, Max Verstappen is going to win. Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, like, I bet you this person wins. I'm like, no, like, I don't think you know the sport and Maybe if you want to place a bet on something, like if you want to make this actually interesting, let's choose top five people that are going to finish second place, and then yeah. bet on them because it is Max's season. He, oh yeah, I don't think he's going to win every race this year. I don't think. I think someone is going to steal one, and it's going to be at Monza.
1: Ooh, okay, there. We're always right at that one Monza. Like Monza
2: is the one that always gets somebody. And I, you know what? I'm going to go a step further. You know who's going to win at Monza? Alex Albon. Whoa. Alex Albon is going to win the Monza uh, Italian Grand Prix and it's going to be awesome to watch. But uh cuz so so there's always somebody that comes up round at Monza that wins. Um so that would be if you want to bring up your hot Max Verstappen take, that's what I'm thinking happens. I, mine was
1: hot. I don't know yours is like nuclear. That is bold yeah. <laughs> take. No way mine
2: happens. There's no way.
1: <laughs> but the thing is this. The thing is this like Usually, at least at some point, the the leader has like that one race where like something he blows a tire, yeah, or like he has yeah. some flaw, something doesn't work, or whatever. But that's pretty wild. Monza goes to Albon. Write it down,
2: everyone oh, listening. I want. I
1: really do want to. That'd
2: be awesome. How awesome would that be if Albon won, gonna... one, one at Monza or any, podium anywhere?
1: Alex Albon wins at Monza. All right. Well, that's the, uh, that'll be the first weekend of September. So put on your calendars. Tyler has already uh, placed his wager. He's got Alex Albon. Uh, you want to put the whole top three in for us of that race. or you could just hold. That no, with
2: It's, it's, it's uh, the top three. I couldn't even imagine. That means that two it. Red Bulls have that. to fail miserably. Oh, one of them is doing that one.
1: consistently. So yeah. <laughs> Our, um, all right. Let's hand out some hardware here for this race. Uh, I think you and I are pretty unanimous on the first one. Our driver of the day has to be Lando Norris. Whole world was unanimous on this. Yeah. Fantastic race for Lando. Fantastic weekend for McLaren. They put everything together. Uh, Honorable mention to his teammate because it was his best race, but Lando had the day. Uh, also, did you did you enjoy the podium ceremony and how it just devolved? Oh, into chaos. chaos. They were like children. It was amazing. Yeah.
2: Just the one lady that was trying to get a photo with Max was like, and they just sort of sprayed her. She's like, I gotta, well, I so gotta get out So they've of here.
1: got the two trophies, right? Because it's the British Grand Prix, but then there's like the classic like English Grand Prix trophy, the gold trophy that has to be handed out also. So they hand out the first three and that's sort of the signal. Usually the driver's are like, let's go. Lando hasn't yeah. been up there in so long. Even Lembia- Labiasi, Labiasi, I can never say it. Max's uh, engineer. They they're all in it. They're all having a great time. This poor guy. He's there with Ben Salami or whatever his name is. And they're trying to <laughs> hand out the trophy. And then she just, she's getting her photo. She's trying to get photo. Dousing them. He ran, ran out of
2: there so quick. That was, that was good. really that was good. good. good I
1: really enjoyed that. Uh, it was all right, good Lando to see Lando and them out there. Oh, totally. Our driver of the day. Not so driver of the day. This one's, uh, this one's kind of a two-handed thing.
2: I mean, out of spite, Lance Stroll. Fuck yes, him. Okay. okay. Um. In actuality, I think that if you're looking at the most dis- like if you are a fan of these people or these guys and this team, you're looking at Ferrari, and you can choose Leclerc or Signs, um, as not so driver of the day. There's no reason that they should be fighting for tenth place.
1: Let's just give it to both of them.
2: Done. Ferrari's not so drivers of the day.
1: Done. All right. Uh, radio call, race I don't have this clip up here, but my vote goes for uh when George Russell makes that great around the outside take and his, his engineer comes on and is like, Oh, you're like one of them Buffalo gals. Yeah. Now I like that. Outside. And then, <laughs> then they,
2: then the announcers had to explain it's from an old song. Yeah, Buffalo girls go around the outside. And I'm thinking, I'm like, George Russell is not an old guy. I don't know if he knows
1: what the hell. He probably would have got the reference. Had you say trailer park girls go referencing Eminem? Uh, he would have callback. That would have I'm been pretty sure. good. Either way, that's that's one of the best radio calls I've heard all week. That yeah. was fantastic. So we'll go uh, radio call the race for Buffalo Girls. Uh, overtake of the day. I have the same overtake. For personally, the the, the that move was great. He 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 kind of gave us the inside fake. They weren't going to give him that line. He takes the all the way out and around, and he just like that's the first time I saw that Mercedes genuinely power powerful. Like he just. Completely outmanned him.
2: Then he took oh, that was lap thirty one. I think he took Leclerc over that's on that right. one at last field right. was Fantastic. Yeah. Um, you know what I have actually, and I think that that because that's on my top two. All right. The only argument I have is it's not overtaking the day, but getting overtaken of the day. Carlos Sainz got overtaken by Checo, Alex Albon, um, and Leclerc on lap forty in the matter of like two turns It's just he just riddle. i don't know he must have just fallen asleep because it was first ooh, turn ooh. Checo passed him Albon got past him and then his teammate passed him i was like this guy what is going on i mean they also left him out there with some poor tires too but um i would i'll agree with you that it was probably russell around the outside
1: the only other one and i will give this an honorable mention too is technically it's an overtake because he started second say it Okay, Lando Norris did overtake Max Verstappen <laughs> off the start, and it kind of set everything in motion. Now he didn't hold on to it, and it it wasn't really like the you know our qualification for overtake is usually like in racing, yeah. but faster off the line got the position, held on to it for four laps. Like Lando should get at least an honorable mention. It was one of his it was his best start. Period. Yeah, there you go.
2: I thought you were gonna say Lance Stroll
1: just no, body that's checking. not an yeah, overtake. So yeah, that was a it technically he
2: overtook him, and no one gave a shit. So. Yeah.
1: I got FIA problems. All right. Our overtake of the race will go to, to, to Russell around the outside. Uh, that That's it. I mean, that's everything we have for the British Grand Prix. Uh, let's leave it there.
0: The Ordinary Podcasting Network is excited to announce that we have launched a merch store on our website. The store is full of ordinary swag, including T-shirts, hoodies, and hats. You can pick out something awesome and support your favorite podcast today by heading over to ordinarypodcasts.com
2: okay Jordan I know this is usually our mailbox box box session but there is two huge rumors out there right now as of today that have popped up and they're everywhere I think one of them has some very hard truth to them the other one is kind of just people wanting things to happen the first one Nick DeVries is out at Alpha AlphaTory Daniel Ricardo was in and this is gonna happen after the summer break. So there is a ton of talk out there that this has already been decided. Daniel Ricardo is going to be doing the tire test this week, or sorry, next week, um, before the Hungarian Grand Prix. And everybody in the world out there, you can Google it, is saying that DeVries is out. Ricardo is in at the end of the summer break, which is uh two, three races, two races away. Wow.
1: That is a uh, hell of a rumor.
2: Yes. And now I'm thinking if you're a young driver is Red Bull, the worst place to be. Yes.
1: Because that is an easy answer.
2: You can't, if they got rid of Gasly before he had a chance to settle, they got rid of Albon before he had a chance to settle. Now they're getting Nick DeVries out of a alpha Tory car for whatever reason, they don't have the car. So it doesn't matter. Um, they're getting DeVries out before he has a chance to do anything that get his wheels under him in this sport. And does this team demand too many results before they let their drivers actually get a hold of these cars? And I guess that is the red box, box, box question of the day.
1: Really? The red box, box, box question. (laughs) Sorry. The red, the red bull Bull. box, box.
2: Box, box, box (laughs) Yeah. Look, I think
1: first off, I had not actually heard that rumor. So that, is interesting and it's, it's strong like, out there once you do some deep dive digest
0: into it it, it. here's the strong. thing about it
1: so here here's i i have a couple thoughts the first is this uh alpha Tori has already made it pretty clear they're trying to like distance themselves from red bull mm-hmm. moving forward and it feels like red bull's pushing them out they want to sort of have somebody else take over that team in the next couple years and have it sort of go back to being an independent team and less of like a sister team, which I think makes sense. You look at how that team functioned back when it was like Toro Rosso. It was just a very different thing. Like it was much more connected to the Red Bull brand and team. And then as they shifted into the red, the alpha Tori brand, like it was kind of already slipping away. Like they haven't been developing ideas and trying things that like, They used to be the one you'd put the crazy wing package on or the one that you tried something radical on to see if it would work. And then if it did, Red Bull would take it. They haven't been doing that for years. Like they have just become a training ground for new drivers that we know aren't even going to drive for Red Bull because Max Verstappen literally murders anyone who drives with them. He takes their career and he just completely shreds it. And he's done the same thing here to Checo Perez, who when he first came in, you know, it was like, big old love fest. We finally found a competent driver that can handle, you know, the pressures of being number two to max the minute he got a sniff of success, max murdered him. And we're in the same thing here where it's like Yuki Tsunoda is only still at that team because of the value he adds uh, in, in the Japanese market, which is huge for motorsports. He is not a good driver by their standards. He's not going to ascend to the Red Bull seat. And if he does, I like legitimately would be shocked if that ever happened. And, the thing with Nick DeVries is like you've you've poached this guy from someone else's driver pool, which is so against what Red Bull has done since they've existed. We know that Christian Horner and 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 Helmut Marco disagreed on this decision. Helmut Marco vehemently did not want Nick DeVries. Christian Horner saw stars in his eyes when he looked at the guy and thought he was going to be the next great thing because he had a good couple races. Mm-hmm. Um, but again. It's clearly Helmut Marco once again is clearly right on this. He's been right most of his career when it comes to development. Like there's no better eye for talent, I think, in this sport than than Helmut Marco. Like if you compare him to like a hockey scout or something, like he always finds the diamonds in the rough. But then they get into this team system and it, it is a system of attrition. You know what I mean? And yep. Daniel Ricardo is already a victim of this system once. And now he's kind of come back in the fold because he's run out of options anywhere else if he ends up driving for this team, that's fine. But like, is it, a, is it really an upgrade? I don't think so. I mean, it's no, no it's not a okay. lateral it's move.
2: It's just back in the sport is what it is. No, no, I mean, the sport, for the he team, gets- is
1: it a good, is it an upgrade though? Like, is it really an upgrade to oh. not just con- continue to develop this young guy who has a much higher ceiling than what we already know? Daniel Ricardo's ceiling is in this sport.
2: I think it's a respect thing for Ricardo because sure. they, if you remember when they left, like, Yes, it was Ricardo kind of getting pushed out because they wanted to give no, Max he, that he 1A left, spot. Though. But he, he left. left. Oh, he yeah. left on his own attrition. So when he came back, he was like, hey, I made a mistake. This is them now saying, maybe we also could have did a little bit better. How about you take this Alpha AlphaTauri seat away from yeah. this Nick DeVries kit? Now, this is a perfect segue for the second rumor Rumor going around. This one's a little crazy. So I will say very much that this Daniel Ricardo one is getting traction and people are running with it. This second one is just a photo. (laughs) But it is a photo of Helmet Marco meeting with Lando Norris's agent.
1: Well, here's the thing. Uh, Before you go any further, I want to say one thing. There are not two drivers closer in terms of friendship and bond than Mm -hmm. Norris and Max. They are best friends. Yep. Best friends. Yep. And I, I think I know where you're going with this, and I don't. Disagree that it makes a lot of sense.
2: It makes a lot of sense for everybody except for Lando Norris. I disagree. I think you think that Max Verstappen is going to be like, oh, yeah, cool. Come on in and try to take some of these wins. I think that there is
1: one guy, there's one guy who knows Max Verstappen well enough to be able to actually get in there and compete with him. Now, is he going to be number two? Of course, he'll still always be number two. We already talked about this too. know Norris is Steppen? not a number
2: two guy. He's not a number two guy. Well, what is it's he's down to
1: his in the fastest DNA? He is not a number two guy. Look what he did this weekend guy. when he's in a competitive car. Imagine him in a Red Bull. Holy shit! We would have a fight on our hands. Imagine him
2: in two years in a Mercedes. No, he doesn't
1: drive want to it drive. against. He's not going to drive Max it. Max Verstappen. Yeah, he's not going to drive the Mercedes. What Mercedes is going to develop because Alex Albon's going to be there. <laughs> no, Albon oh, still gonna- wears a Red Bull helmet. I'm teasing you. No, I I don't think. I think there's a better chance Lando Norris drives for Red Bull than he does for remember the McLaren is this Island. They're out on this limb. Like they, they don't have the same relationships that these, these, some of these other teams do. Now sure. He's got a Mercedes engine in his car, but whatever. Like that's, that's, that's neither here nor there at the end of the day, it it's just, your land. It doesn't build your Lando more.
2: I mean, his contract's not up till 2025. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. kind of like, there's a bunch of hoops to jump through before this, but you can easily get out of those contracts. We've seen this before. Um, and if they're not happy with Perez, which I don't know why you <laughs> would you be, drive
1: for McLaren, i.e. Yeah, Daniel Ricciardo.
2: Exactly. You could just go like to Red Bull and be the second driver. But if you are Lando Norris, do you wait till Lewis Hamilton retires when your contract is up in 2025, knowing that your car is kind of good right now? Or do you jump ship at the end of this year with a bunch of conflict and go to Red Bull, knowing that you now have to race against your best friend who is an asshole and wants to take every single win away from you? Or do you try to just compete against your best friend and try to take wins away from him in a different car?
1: Yeah, there's, Because I you're going to get
2: radio calls as Linda Norris being like, Max Verstappen doesn't want you to push. Max Verstappen doesn't want you to push.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But again, it... friendship only goes so far, man. Yeah. But if you're, if you are put yourself in their shoes though, you're the one of the most highly competitive sports in the world. You are one of the most highly competitive athletes in the world. You are being given the opportunity to drive the most competitive, fastest car in the world. You take that opportunity regardless of who your teammate is. And I, and I think at the end of the day, for Lando Norris, he the only like the only difference between him and Sergio Perez is that like he is still at that point in his career where he can see himself as a world champion. Sergio Perez had been a, like had how what didn't Sergio Perez set the record for like most Grand Prixs before getting a win. Like like he'd been around forever. He's a veteran from that perspective. Lando Norris is still young with a lot of potential upside. You put him in a Red Bull. He's going to win races. He might make it hard on Max a little bit. Will he beat Max? Probably not because you're right. Red Bull will tilt the tables. But the other thing is this. You know know what we're not thinking about here is like once Red Bull starts winning, they've put three together now. They're going to probably have another one yet next year. Like if, if it starts to turn into that kind of thing. They get bored, too. Like, it's it's much easier for some other guy to start driving really well, for them to not feel the same pressure to make sure that it's Max. Max, you've had your chance. Here's somebody else who's going to have an opportunity. This is good for the team. And we're going to so let him this, get in there.
2: Do you think if Max this Max walks away because he's a little baby.
1: He goes, oh, i retire.
2: Do you think they'd still be friends if they of were on the same the, team?
1: Of course they'll still be friends. Of course they would. They, no, Don't like no, that. No. Don't like they're, that in my athletes. They still, Nah, they'll still be friends. Come on. They'll still be friends. I think the thing is that I wanted to go back to one thing you said. Like if, if, if Lando Norris is waiting for Lewis Hamilton to retire, there's another wild card there and he's sitting in the Mercedes garage. There's no reason Mercedes took a risk on paying, uh uh um uh, what's his freaking first name? Schumacher uh, Junior. To be there, if they don't have Nick Schumacher. Thank you. I, I, yeah, I couldn't get junior. over the the mic. Out of part. the
2: league. not even He's
1: out of the sport oh, for sweet, though. 10 so, races and you forget his name. Yeah. Well, I couldn't. <laughs> I, for some reason, the Nick part of the DeVries <laughs> cut getting, I almost called him Nick Schumacher. Mick Schumacher. Really closer it, than what you said. Is it short for Mickey? Is he Mickey Schumacher? Really? I don't
2: know. You're trying to Mc, save yourself. Michelangelo
1: Schumacher? What is Mick short for
2: Michael short for Michael.
1: All right. Cause his dad's name Michael. Oh, that makes yeah. a lot more sense. <laughs> Just call him junior. Then it would have been great. Just like Dale Earnhardt. We could have had Dale. We could have had Michael Schumacher jr. That's even more pressure. Jesus. All right. Here's the thing. Mick Schumacher is in the Mercedes program because they are going to try to build a plan to get him back into the sport. They still believe he's capable of that look at the way that they groomed George Russell into what George Russell has been. They are going to find a way to get him either back into a Williams or into another one of their um, uh, like uh, engine partners' cars and get him back in this sport too. And I think that there are several people in the Mercedes pipeline ahead of Lando Norris, as far as I'm concerned. But I might be wrong. If Lando Norris keeps driving like this, Toto Wolf is also going to be looking at it. We will be in an arms race because both 100%. of those two teams are going to want him. For sure, hundred percent, for sure. Those are good rumors. I like it. The first is new... The first one's good, but the
2: first one is it seems like it's happening, and I, yeah. I, this, this all happened over the last twelve hours, but it seems like it's happening.
1: Very
0: crazy, which is
2: crazy.
1: <laughs> well, we're getting close to silly season, so
0: it, it starts.
2: it's usually starts right about now.
1: Yeah. Can we talk about one other thing before we jump into the next race? Just because it also came down this week, and we like to talk about the news. Yeah. So. You and I both really enjoy Formula One. Is it fair to say that?
2: I mean, we do a podcast for it.
1: Okay, so it's fair to say that.
2: It's fair to say that. (laughs) Okay, great. All right,
1: just making sure. I don't want to speak for you. I enjoy it. I know you enjoy it. Are you prepared to enjoy it for 11 straight months next year? Because the next season of Formula One has 24 races, and there is a single month of the calendar year that will be without races, and it's January. We are going to have racing from February through December in 2024 with more races than we've ever had by one. But the funniest part about this schedule is how much they talked about how it's going to be more regional it's going to be greener it's going to be more like more uh economically viable it's going to be all about putting our drivers in certain places for uh less travel and all these things that might be kind of true because they kind of stick around the asia pacific area we see australia and then they go up to china and japan that's fine They're, they're, they're on that side of the globe but then they go all the way to the other side of the globe following that to go to europe they do three races in europe then they go to canada And then they go back to Europe. That's not a European schedule. I'm sorry. What part of I mean, Montreal is the most European city, I guess, in Canada, but it's it's still on the wrong continent. We go hopping back and forth to America three different times instead of putting all the American races together because we still are in love with this idea of Miami being when Miami is. I guess I just I'm not a huge fan of the schedule. To be completely honest with you, there's a few different parts about how it's laid out. I'm not I'm not a huge fan of, but overall, I am excited for a lot a lot of Formula One. The question is just like, and we've been asking this for a couple of years as we've continued to see races that like, is there a limit before we start going like we've actually got enough of this? We don't need to any more of these. And certainly if some team can't figure out how to catch Red Bull, we're going to have way too much fucking max for stepping at 24 oh, yeah. races.
2: Well, not if he starts the back of the pack. Um, no, They're, you're not wrong though. Me. Like it, it, There's something to be said about I, I to me, it just Whatever. I wake up Sunday, I watch the race regardless. So sure.
1: Yeah, you're not gonna not watch it. Yeah,
2: but I also would like like the economical and the environmental aspect to become a little bit more important. And I know they're already doing that with the 2026 iteration of the fuel in these cars. Yeah. Um, and the rubber of the tires has no. I don't have an issue with why it is.
1: my issue is don't sell that. Don't make that a thing. It's just such it's just such bullshit. But, to, to to make that a selling point, come on.
2: You could like and people have anyone eyes. who's good at marketing could just be like, this is the North American two months of F one. Get in there while you can because yeah, they're not coming back. There's eleven months of racing. But even you have not for doing that, Tyler. Month. No, that's what they're I mean. Not even if, doing that. If you're a marketer, like if you should be doing if, it. If you work in marketing for F one. I don't know how these aren't the pitches. It's like, okay, we go to North America from July to September or like whatever it is, September to November. And then we go to like Northern Europe and then we're down in like Australia, Japan, all that stuff. Like it just, there is a marketing aspect that they have not really figured out yet that they could do this with. And I'm sure there's just still other money that's like, no, we want to be first. We want to be second. We want to be third. Like there's no doubt in my mind that like I know they start the seasons off often like Abu Dhabi and like where it's warm to try to get these drivers into like health wise, just for their own bodies to work out in warm temperatures, hot temperatures to, so that they can operate at higher levels than our, like what you and I operate at. I get that. So start with that. And then, but I also know that Australia is like, we've always been the third race. We need to be the third race, blah, 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 blah. But like, come on, there's a point where things need to progress and, We're not far from it. Like I I think it'll happen once things in 2026 start happening. But yeah, yeah, there's no reason you can't, as a marketing person, be like, here we go, Canada, Miami, then we're in Austin, then we're in Vegas, then we're down Mexico, then we're in Brazil. Like that
1: that can easily happen. So uh, I just want to talk through it because it's also it's also interesting because some of the races we've seen in like specific spots have also moved, which I do think is interesting. So we still start in Bahrain, which we've done for the last couple of years. Then we go to Saudi Arabia, which like in the last couple of years has been near the end. Mm -hmm. of the season so two races in the middle east then we go to australia as i said they sort of stick around the asia pacific so it's australia for three japan china which we haven't now seen since covid so that's exciting to have china back because that's an interesting circuit then they go from china to in two weeks they go from china to miami i guess you're going the correct way around the globe if you go across north america
0: Sure.
1: sure right don't go back the other way but then we go Miami in the first week of May. And in the third week of May, we're in Imola. Fourth week of May, we're in Monaco. And then we're in Canada. Yeah. Then we're in Spain, Austria, United Kingdom, Hungary, Belgium, Netherlands, Italy. That's fine. That's Europe. I get that. That makes sense. Right to the middle of August. Azerbaijan, all of a sudden in September. How hot is Azerbaijan going to be in September? I mean, it's not like the Middle East, but it's still a hot cont- part of the continent. And usually that's early in the season, right? Now we got near the end. And then guess where they go? Singapore. Singapore. We've already been to Asia. Why are we going back to Singapore? And here's the best part. You know where they go after Singapore? Austin. Not near Singapore at all. (laughs) And then they go to Mexico City and Brazil and Las Vegas. So at least now we're staying on the Western Hemisphere. We go to Qatar near the end. And then uh, Abu Dhabi obviously finishes it. I don't yeah, know. And
2: sorry, I said Abu Dhabi to start the season, but it's you know, um, yeah. it's Bahrain, Saudi Arabia that starts the, start the season. Still high.
0: anyway,
1: still high. anyway. I I I am excited. We're gonna have one extra race. I would not be surprised if we see an additional race beyond that added. I don't know if you saw this rumor, and now we're really digressing into rumors, but there is a proposal right now in front of um the state of New Jersey to build a uh-huh. permanent Formula One track in Atlantic City. They want to build an entire permanent racetrack with condo units and like make a little town just on the outskirts of Atlantic city.
2: Here's the problem with the United States and F1. And I'll say this very quickly is that the United States, I would say North America are very hot, cold. They're very streaky in what they like. So, and also they have a racing sport that they love. It's the biggest sport in North America. And I don't know if F1 is going to be able to, be that for an extended period of time, just because of how people always look, oh, they're just following each other, they're just following each other. Yeah. Um,
1: here's the challenge so to I build to that Like though. They have three, just live with three. I get you, I get you, I get you. Yeah. But here's the pushback. Well, they have four now.
0: Who? We got a what? Canadian
1: race too. Well, just yeah, sorry. The, yeah, I was, talking, you don't I was shitting on idea. the United States of America. Okay, sorry. Okay, okay, yeah,
2: okay, okay. <laughs> we do that up here in Canada sometimes.
1: Here's the thing, here's the thing. And I don't I do not disagree with you because I'm frankly, I would if Miami disappeared tomorrow, I would not miss it. Like there yeah, are no that, that is the extra race, and we will see how Vegas goes. I have high hopes for Vegas only because it will be a spectacle, but I cannot guarantee you it's gonna be a good track. No, right? Like Austin is a great track because it is a bespoke built freaking race track, right? Yeah, these are other ones where you're trying to like pigeonhole something in don't work well. Yeah, but here's the thing. NASCAR is the biggest sport in America by viewing numbers. That's true. Well, I don't know if it's actually still big. Stadium capacity capacities, the NFL. viewing numbers. Okay, like but sales, viewing numbers, I think everything. the NFL is probably bigger. Viewing TV numbers, I bet you the NFL is not Correct, bigger. But it's very yeah. close. But here's the thing. NASCAR Correct. is still a regional sport in America. It is not... As popular in your coastal, big city, metropolitan areas, especially in the northern parts of that country, where a sport like Formula One is more attractive because it feels cosmopolitan and global, whereas NASCAR still has a culture that is very different. That's all. And that's why I think there is this attraction to it. It's the new hip thing. Sure. Not that it's new, but in America, it's a new hip thing. And it's still got that shine on it. Whereas NASCAR feels like that old thing. You know what I mean? Could it be a fad in America? 100 percent Everything's yes. a fad in America. Exactly. But so the question like is when pump you your brakes build on it, needing that fourth race. Yeah, yeah. But when you build that culture into something, can it take root and actually grow? And that has been the case, for example, in Austin. Like it is an important part of the Formula One schedule to be there. It's They're huge. T- Miami still feels forced. I think there's potential in vegas although i i don't know if if you also saw like the ticket prices per race it's like a seven time increase just to go to vegas like that is a prestige tv event that is now just like so over the top whereas like you can afford to go to austin like that's a that's meant to be a giant like everyone who wants to could go kind of thing and that's great that's what they need they need to make sure that it's not just you know elite and exclusive we have really gone down the rabbit hole here let's talk about where we're actually going to see some some racing in a week's time uh two weeks time you have this two weekend off well next year it'll be every week so i just every got week, used yeah. to it
2: so this this week you have this weekend off and then we come back in two weeks time at the hungarian grand prix uh i hate saying this word because i always mess it up the hungario ring um in budapest first grand prix in 1986 70 laps 14 turns, uh, Max Verstappen has the record lap here. Only one DRS detection zone, but there's two DRS areas. Two DRS, let's call them straights. They're not. One of them is not a straight, but two DRS areas, one DRS detection zone. So you could pass somebody in turn one and then get another DRS to continue past them. We've seen this before. Um, I don't know how I feel about it, but we, can, we don't have time to talk about that tonight. Um, this track also has a lack of straights which means that your straight line speed in the Red Bull and the Williams aren't going to be as effective in this track. Now McLaren. I know McLaren. Yeah, but McLaren was so good at the straight line or sorry, the the high speed turns at, at uh, Silverstone and you're getting high speed turns here at the Hungario ring. So that's the only reason I didn't, didn't bring McLaren up with that aspect of it, because I think they're very quick in those turns. You're getting some of those here. Um, Last year in this race, our front line was George Russell in pole and then Carlos Sainz. Uh, Leclerc took the lead in lap 31, but I don't know if you remember, but this is one of those massively controversial um, Red Bull strategies. They boxed Leclerc lap 40, put on the hard tires when nobody else went on the hard tires. Even Pirelli said, do not use the hard tires. Everyone else was on mediums. Um, He had to come back in again like... I don't know what eight laps later to switch to mediums because he finished sixth place in that went from first to sixth, like horrible, horrible, horrible Ferrari. Um, Verstappen, this was also the track where he spun around on one of those, uh, uh, turns and then lost a couple, um, spots at first came back, won this race. Our podium was Verstappen from 10th. When he started in qualifying Russell or sorry, Hamilton second, from seventh, and then Russell, who started pole, finished third. So Verstappen, Hamilton, Russell, DNFs were Botas. Um, Yeah, I don't know. There's not much to say about Hungarian. We have this race, and then we're in Belgium, uh, Belgium for our last race before this summer break
1: silly season which has already kind of started started so now started today. to talk about as we keep moving forward but that's exciting Thank you Tyler for that preview and thank you for another fun episode we had lots to talk about we had a lot of fun doing it uh, we didn't get to anybody's question this week because we had our own to discuss but please do submit your questions you can do so by emailing us at pitstop at ordinarypodcasts.com or you can hit us up on uh, Instagram. Uh, just direct message us there with your questions. We'd love to answer them for you as we move through the rest of the formula one season. As always, if you want to learn more about this show or any of the other shows on the network, you can head over to ordinarypodcasts.com. Uh two weeks time until then. Um, thanks for listening.
0: Stop Podcast is a presentation of the Ordinary Podcasting Network. Thanks for listening.
2: Lando's facial hair. Did you see it? Yeah, his little Van Dyke. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's all I wanted to talk about in qualifying. Because like he came out of qualifying, took his helmet off. I was like, whoa, what the fuck?
1: It's It's dark. It's dark,
0: Norris. The Ordinary Podcasting Network wishes to acknowledge that the lands on which our conversations take place include... Treaty 6 territory, the traditional meeting ground and home for many Indigenous peoples, including the Cree, Dene, Soto, Blackfoot, Métis, and the Nakota Sioux peoples, as well as the unceded territories of the Coast Salish peoples, including the territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and tsleil Nations. We acknowledge the
1: many First Nations, Métis, and Inuit, whose footsteps have marked